Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. 2023 is fast coming to an end. I have my last week in Fiji. Uh, It's been another fantastic trip where I've been learning lots and uh, meeting beautiful people. And with me today I have another beautiful young woman. Her name, well, we'll call you Lossalini. Yes, Lossalini. She has a nickname, but we'll go by that today. But... Uh, Thank you for joining us. Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? What do you do? Where do you come from? Your favourite food? Oh, thank you, Letitia. Um, My name is Losalini and I am 32. Sorry, turning 32 in less than a month. Um, I'm doing work with salt um, Incorporated Limited um, right now at the moment that is what I do we organize events and yeah favorite food favorite food mm, my favorite food I don't know I don't have right now it's coffee in this season <laughs> of business yeah yeah I told a group of people last week my favourite food is curry mongoose. But um, they didn't believe me for some reason. (laughs) Good thing we don't eat mongoose over here, but probably just tastes like chicken. Anyway, um, look, this podcast, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, we call it the Disruptive Voices because we want to disrupt a few things in the Pacific Islands uh, around abuse, shame, silence, tradition, religion... And today we have another story. We want to particularly talk about um, your story uh, of abuse, but then really focus in on the healing part as well, because that's so important that we get healing. But uh, again, like so many other young women in this nation, you have experienced um, abuse in your life. Can you just give us a bit of context and what that was for you? Right. I was 21. And I was at home, and um, I wanted to do some chores at home, you know, like I did, I was doing some things, it was semester break, and I wanted to do some chores, so I went to clean up this bedroom, and my, this family member came into the room and touched me inappropriately, and it shook me. He was my favorite person in the world. Yeah, and that was the first time that that, that happened and I was, now I say my whole world just came crashing down, right? Everything that I believed in him for or in life for, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I ran out of that room and I uh, ran straight to my mother to just cry, but I was shaking. It took me some time to tell her what had just happened, but, but yeah, that, that day was ch- changed my life, I can say, yeah. Was it just a one-off event or was it something that continued to happen it was just a one-off event, yeah. 
Yeah, and so then when you shared with your mother, how did she respond to that? She was in shock. She didn't know what to say. She didn't know what to do. Yeah. And this family member was living with you? So um, how, after that, how did you continue knowing that, you know, it's not like you were never going to see him again, but what do you do at that point? Good question. Um, yes. We, I was living with him. Um, that day I didn't know what to do. All I had was tears and... I was just shaking all over my body and my mom didn't know what to do. I mean, it's not the kind of stuff that you can take to the hospital or to fix. Eh? Um, so we just we just sat there and cried. She was in shock. She, she, there was no emotion, just a lot of shock. Um, uh, it, it took me some time to finally get out of the house a bit. By time, I mean like maybe like a week, but but yeah, I was, it was just like this darkness came over me and I didn't know what to do. Suddenly everything, I just blanked out of life. Yeah, so shocking that someone you love and you trust um, would look at you in this way or think of you in this way. So, um, also he was a church-going man. Um, were you able to speak to anyone in the church about what had happened or how did they respond? Speak to the church? Absolutely not. Um, but if my mom counts, if my mom and dad count, okay, yeah, they were the only ones I could speak to about it. Um, yeah. Why, why couldn't you speak to any of the church leaders? Even getting to tell other family members who are obviously church people per se, was not received well, right? I, I was the victim, or, or not the victim, I was the problem, right? In telling them I was the problem was their response. We're like, oh, then she shouldn't just have been at home at the time, or that's her fault why wasn't she doing yeah so it wasn't they weren't very welcoming or accepting of it the the response was it's her fault deal with it yeah so if that was what i was getting from home obviously i couldn't go to the church for anything because they they were leaders in the church or he was a leader in the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm um, a bit lost for words because, yes, th these questions are just so damaging, aren't they? To put it back on a victim and a young woman who's um, is just so, so heartbreaking, so damaging. How did that affect you hearing these questions? Like, you shouldn't have been at home at the time or you're in the wrong space. What Did that make you question yourself? Absolutely. I was so heartbroken. Heartbroken. And I've never been that heartbroken before. Especially from people I trusted. Or I thought loved me. Right. Um, 
I, I should say my parents were on my side, but they were also, they didn't know what to do, right? What do you do when everyone else saw it differently? Yeah. So it was, it was hard. It was heartbreaking. It was a lonely time for our family because we just felt like we were the problem. Hmm. So then you've been, so you're almost 32, 33, so it's been 10 years. You've been on a journey um, of just, um, I, I love that you haven't been prepared just to sweep it under the rug and, you know, just get on with life and oh well, but you've really been on this journey of seeking God, of questioning, of finding your healing, um, even confronting this person. Can So can you kind of share... Uh, a bit of what's happened over the last 10 years. Yeah, so um, I think one of the... Because, you know, when that happened, I wasn't the only one hurting. My parents were hurting too because this was a, a, a significant family member of ours. So um, for my... Something very important that I heard, that I got from, that I received from my mom at that time was you need to get out of the house and talk to your friends. Um, I think that was like to this day, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm teary about it because that really was what helped me in that season, um, me going out of the house to talk to my friends because um, wallowing in the hurt and the and the shame for some reason the shame was mine not theirs it was mine and and i felt like because what they said got to me yeah that i was the problem or that it was just my fault so when my mom said that because even she didn't know what to do her pushing me towards community was was what yeah i can honestly say saved my life yeah um, so, so I called my friend Sarah um, to just hang out with her, and she was the first person I told um, about that incident. And yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, I know a few of your friends, not a lot, but you seem to have surrounded yourself with the good community of people. So that's, it'd be different if, if you have unhealthy friends or that doesn't always help, but um, you've got some really healthy friends. I will say, I, I think my mom pushed me to that because she knew that I have had good friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know it, it could have looked very different if, if the friends weren't praying friends um, yeah was this man ever confronted was anything ever happened to um, yeah did anyone confront him deal with it yes so I I I don't know how to deal with this without God eh? so at that time I you know in my brokenness and in that dark time I sought the Lord and I was just like what why you know there was a lot of why God why me what what is this how do I do this um, I was reading Genesis in that 
season and and, and, and on that week I was on the on one of the last chapters Genesis 50 and the and verse 20 says you know the story of Joseph and the brothers and the brothers coming to Joseph and um, you know even in my hurt my deep pain um, that revelation just you know broke me um, like how Joseph was broken when his brothers came to him uh, thinking that Joseph was gonna you know pay back on what they did to him and he said you know you intended to harm me but God intended it for good for the saving of many lives that's that was my saving grace at that point and that is the verse that you know when I received that that morning this was a week or two after the incident happened and while I was in that pain I knew that God is sovereign and I knew that he was speaking to me and 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 I had to trust that that was that he's intending good out of it even though it hardly felt like it at the time um, yeah so that evening I, I told my mom that that was what I received and, and I want to just have a sit down with a family member and and just and just talk and I just I just wanted to I just wanted us to talk about it because at that point everybody just avoided each other right because every nobody knew what to do um, after all the going against each other because of what had just happened after that there was no conversation there was no you know people didn't want to eat together they, yeah it was just not a family anymore and so I, I felt like we just needed to have a sit down and talk about it so it was my parents and the family member um, that had a sit down and, and just just talk about okay this is what's happened you know there was a lot of tears um there's something about being obedient in that in that in that moment for me was what um what's significant to me you know like that that's why i okay this is god's will over mine because i preferred to just have him go to jail or something but yeah at the time so the confrontation happened you know this is what happened and this is and up until that time the family member kept saying that nothing happened right until my parents were sitting there and everybody was broken and and sad about what had happened and hurt yeah i i know it was just the spirit of god that just moved him and he just came out telling the truth tears and everything and and for me it was just like oh, that's it that's enough for me and and um yeah i still needed to heal after that but i i just knew at that time i knew i didn't because he's a much older uh family member and i just knew i didn't want him to to die without him knowing that i intend to forgive him or that you know that there's forgiveness in it didn't happen overnight but yeah we were on yeah that there was confrontation and that yeah did he apologize or he did he did yeah he did 
he he admitted that that's what happened and he was so sorry um yeah did he say why Did he give any explanation or no there was no explanation there was just there was just, it's just a sorry and a lot of t- and a lot of crying and then did that then help did things go back to normal in the family after that or what um cuz how long was this family meeting after the incident it was just about less than a month after that happened yeah like i um because he was much older i i knew it was like i i feared that i didn't want him to go to heaven or to die without him knowing that i wanted to release him and release myself from that whatever that was but i i just knew that there need to be some form of confrontation yeah as soon as possible which is why it happened you know sooner um then later and but yeah there still needed to be you know it, the healing took much longer than that yeah like i still couldn't show up or stay there for a long time but there was an, an understanding at least yeah uh, so much better than just walking around pretending nothing i mean that is just horrific for victims uh, when the family just carries on so god bless your family and your parents for the courage to pull everyone together because i've just heard too many stories even when the family member is older they don't want it put him through this in case he gets sick or something which is just crazy so um that's encouraging to hear what have been some other major steps in your healing and i just want to say because people might go oh that was just one little incident um but we don't understand our, our bodies have boundaries and when we're violated um it sets something off in our physical being <laughs> our mental our spiritual um So you know sometimes people just think oh that wasn't a big deal but it has huge ramifications no matter how big or little when those boundaries are overstepped. But what have been some other um yeah big steps in your healing journey? Forgiveness. I had to release myself from the bondage of thinking that it is my fault or maybe it was you know of asking or maybe it was my fault maybe i shouldn't have been home so really and and it's a it's a huge job like you know no one else will do that for you um no amount of encouragement no amount of hugs and tears from uh, from someone else will release you from that pain um and and the pain you know i had to carry for some time so it, you know you know there's also the the thinking that if i let this go um then he doesn't suffer for how much he's hurt me you know um but that's such a lie it's such a lie you're only hurting yourself when you when you're holding on it took some time for me it took me a lot of years years um but it happened you know like i'm i'm able to share the story now without even like crying much or like being an emotional wreck about it but there were seasons where i was very much in that and i preferred to be isolated than 
be with people um, because they were prone to ask, how are you? And, and I don't know. And I didn't want to say I was okay because I knew I wasn't. Um, so one of the biggest things, uh, you know, significant things in my healing journey is community, uh, the friendships that I had. I do not think I would have made it out without just having people. And it didn't have to be talking about it, but just that they were aware and it was just laughing and just having fun through it all. I just needed to be reminded that I still had people who cared, yeah, who will all, who will still be there, who will still show up, who will still um, hear your story without judgment, yeah, uh, even if they've heard it so many times. Because, you know, there's a lot of layers you're unlayering when you're healing, you're like... You're healing from the pain, okay, you're healing from this, just different kinds of misconceptions of, you know, for me, a lot of that was uh, tied to religion, was tied to a culture, you know, the cultural thing to stay quiet or not talk about um, things that happened to us. So, so all of those layers, all of those layers, and I was able to do that in community. I, I don't think I would have been able to heal properly and well if it weren't for community. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. And I, But so often, I mean, again, your story is rare because so many people can't find a community that's going to listen <laughs> or love them. Um, I will say I'm an introvert by nature, right? And so being pushed to be with friends is took a lot out of me it took a lot out of me but because you know my safe place were my parents and because even they were you know in a sense suffering too they couldn't help me much and so I I, I can say I had no choice but to yeah to show up at my friend's doorstep and be like I can't be at home right now I I just want to chill here instead. So, yeah. And during this season, you it's um, made you question a lot of things as well, particularly around the church. Um, can you talk about what was going on in your introvert brain at that time? Hmm. What were you questioning? Oh, dear. I was questioning a lot of things. Um, but one of the biggest question was, you know, I, I just felt like this light bulb, bulb went on and, and where I questioned um, if, if these people are in the church, how did this happen? Well, something is wrong if, if, if we can dress up on Sunday and turn up to church and be, you know, celebrated as a church leader um, and then come home and do this yeah like something is wrong it, that cannot be right that cannot be Jesus you know and then I was like fully diving into this relationship with God and just you know all of these new discoveries of walking with the Lord and then to and then for that to happen it it shook me because all i've known about church was here at home for me um and then when that happened 
it just made me question like wait what why did that just happen um are we doing church wrong is there something what is what is wrong yeah because something is wrong i just couldn't put my finger on it and so when that happened i was it was just like this confirmation okay yeah something definitely is wrong and we i needed to find out what because because i knew that if that was just if that was me how many more out there are dealing with this how many more out there are living with this or are living like this um show up to church on sunday and then in the weekdays they live life however they feel or you know yeah living according to their flesh and not led by the spirit yeah yeah so something is wrong so what do you think needs to change in uh, the church because yeah i mean statistics say four out of five children are abused and 75 percent of perpetrators attend a church so what are we missing Mm, that's a good question um yeah so it's been a a 10-year journey of uh, of just trying to figure that out there of just like what what are we doing wrong or yeah why or why are we letting it happen why do we continue why do we we like my story isn't the only story out here there are many others and so why do we why is it why isn't anyone doing anything you know more than just hearing the story um because that's not that's not Christ-like. That's just not the God that we serve. We cannot be showing up to church and and praising God and then or claiming to be praising God and then the stats show something else. Um, what is wrong? I, I think you know we just finished from the Soul Care Conference and something that um, stood out to me was that you know kingdom culture is kingdom culture you you cannot tie fijian culture with that or any other culture for that matter but but i think i recognize that that's the issue here is that um there isn't just kingdom culture we like to tie it with religion and or what we think um kingdom culture should be like uh, instead of just sticking to what jesus says kingdom culture is so yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it in Fiji it is tied to culture, uh, traditional, you know, practices, and um, yeah, you know, the tambu, tambu um, way of life is 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 the problem. And people aren't talking about it enough to make to see change or to be the change. Yeah. So what would you like to see happen? Um in the church of Fiji because it's obviously not just about your story but for the sake of the whole nation what what would be your message I know I go back to the verse John 10 10 eh? um, Jesus came so that we may have life and I feel like there are people who are going to church but they don't have life they're not living the abundant life and, and that was key for me um, in my healing journey just realizing that uh, when I was living in unforgiveness and in pain uh, holding on to the pain I was not living the abundant life and I recognize that a lot of church people live like that you show up to church 
you know, play all the good cards and then you come home and you're still carrying that unforgiveness with you. You're still carrying that pain with you. You still... Um, and I and I think, yeah, like I said, a lot of it is tied to respecting the culture. But if we're not pleasing the Lord, it, it's not right. It's not good enough. It's not abundant living. So I, I would love for there to be more um, abundant living. And I don't mean in material things. I mean in your heart internally. Are you living life to the fullest? Are you living to your fullest potential kind of thing? Yeah. Yep, no, I agree. And I keep saying to pastors, um, Fiji needs to heal. Um, we don't, we keep preaching to the mind and not speaking to the heart because you've got probably two thirds of your congregation sitting there with brokenness, they're perpetrators, they're addicted to pornography. Um, so whatever we preach doesn't, just goes in one ear and out the other. So how can we create spaces for healing for victims, perpetrators, everyone? Um, and it's as leaders, our job is to understand the context in which we're leading. And the context is one of incredible brokenness at the moment, where you've got church leaders uh, abusing fem- family members as well, <laughs> having affairs, watching porn as it all keeps coming out. Just as we finish up, time's almost up. Um, so much more we could say to... Um, young men and women out there listening to this who have been abused and haven't told anyone, you know, haven't had the privilege of understanding parents, um, what would you say to them? Something that also worked for me is journaling. Write it out. If you can't tell someone yet, um, write it down and and maybe give it to someone else, someone you trust. Um, um, but, I mean, we are a nation... You know, we say we are a praying nation, or we are praying people. So pray, pray for someone that you tr- that God will send your way to that you can be open that you can open up to about these things, um, because you're not in this alone. Although it feels like, yeah, it feels like that most of the time, but you're not. Uh, but start by writing it down. Just write it down like you're writing it to a friend, and I, I, I promise you. Healing starts there, and and you'll just continue to see God. Yeah. How important is healing? Um, as as you said, you know, some of these, it's just as damaging as a broken leg, but we still limp through life because you know, Mum put up with it, so I'm going to put up. How just important is um, healing? Very important. <laughs> I don't think we're able to live fully or serve fully, um, despite all of these things that all of these great things we say that we do or that we carry uh, with our names. Um, you will know if if you're still carrying something and it still bothers you. So healing is very important. It just sets you free from all of that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think you've really given some big keys: journaling, forgiveness. Speaking, going to the perpetrator where possible, seeking community, um, questioning. It's okay to question. We don't just have to go along with the flow. I think that's really important as well. So thank you so much for sharing today, Lossalini. And if you have a story 
um, or if you just want to talk to someone, feel free to contact either of us. I know you and some friends run some retreats for those who have um, been abused, just for women um, as well. So there, there is great, some great healing resources out there. Well, God bless. I think this will probably be my last podcast for 2023. So we'll catch you in the new year. I see your suffering, I see the pain beneath that bowl of smile. Come out from hiding, the sun is rising. Let the islands hear Isolay cry.